Allez, que je t'ai regardé à dalle. Non. Ok, if you're sad, they're just ready for it, mate. <laughs> I don't know what the team, so I'm so awkward. Just as soon as you get in there, mate, it'll just steamroll, bro, honestly. Right, Kirsty, we'll get yeah. in there. Welcome to the fourth episode of the YN podcast, where I bring on a series of guests from professional athletes to professional gamers to YN members to entrepreneurs. And I basically ask them a series of questions to bring out the best in them uh, and for the audience to gather as much information as possible on this guest. Uh, so today we've got Blair Colley. Do you want to tell the, the viewers a little bit about yourself, Blair? Hello everyone, my name is Blair, I'm a property investor, I'm 20 years old, and I buy and sell houses basically. Buy and sell houses. So if you clicked on this video you probably would have seen the title, which is 20 year old property investor that has secured 400 grand in property investment. Now Blair likes to talk himself down as if he's not done much in it, or like he doesn't do much regularly, whatever it may be, he's just at it. He is just at it, don't let him fool you. Um, He is... Yeah, you're one of the most inspirational people I know, mate, at, at the age that you're at, so... Thank you. Fuck all that part. Talking down. <laughs> that. I'm not about it, mate, to be fair. Um, so, based on the question I want to ask you, obviously, mate, it's just going to be a series of personal, business, uh, weird and wacky. It's just going to be basically bring out the best in you. So, based okay. on good. just your genuine journey and how you got to where you are today, do you want to give the viewers a little bit of a rundown? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started, I was at school, I always wanted to be a joiner and that was my kind of big goal in life. I wanted to get my joiner apprenticeship, get that under my belt and then actually come back into business and work for my dad because he'd left oil and gas six and a half years ago to go into property and I wanted to help fit kitchens, fit houses and I thought that'd be great. We got on so well, so why not use my skills to help the business and grow that, and that aspect until I got my first joiner apprenticeship. I left school at 16 and I was physically assaulted and had a nail gun put in my face. So that kind of put a dampener on things a wee bit. I yeah. wasn't totally out of it. I still wanted to continue with joinery and I thought, well, you know, I'm still passionate about it, so why not? So I went back to college. Well, I actually went to college first time, sorry. And I did a year of joinery. I passed up. I think I was just passed it was a straight pass or fail so i just passed the course and i got another apprenticeship for the even smaller firm this time and i was there for about three weeks and the guys turned around and was like i don't really like you so see you <laughs> and that's kind of where that's kind of where me and joinery kind of fell apart i kind of got to the point where why am i doing this shit if it's not working and i started helping dad with renovations in the houses so i was under the floors because me at 16 I was I'm, I'm only 5'7 at the moment but I was even smaller then so uh, um, I was put under the floors running pipes cables you know helping all around the refurb obviously only the bits I could do I couldn't really do the major things in yeah. kitchens because obviously I hadn't learned to do that but I enjoyed that and I started to learn more about the actual buying of the properties you know, surveying the properties valuing the properties what the refurb would cost and I just, it, over that, that six years, I, I built up a little bit of knowledge and it kept growing and growing. And I realized after the joiner didn't go too well, why not just come into business with my dad and just do that because I enjoyed it and I can see it was going to be a great business model for our future. Yeah. And he was like, well, I can't pay you. And I was like, well, I'm not really bothered because I'm going to learn a lot more 
not getting paid and helping grow the business than taking money out of the business and the business kind of doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So two and a half years ago, full time, and only started getting paid end of last year. And it's not even much. I only get a few hundred quid a month. Yeah. I'm doing what I enjoy and growing the business and the business opportunities we've had over the last couple of years have been pretty phenomenal. And it's not, not all of them are coming to fruition just yet, but there's a lot in the pipeline and a lot of different strategies, not just in property, but in business in general that I know will change my future. Yeah. And if I, it's kind of looking back on it, I'm kind of glad those kind of shit things that's happened with me in my journey because if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here today and knowing where I'm going in the future. I'd have just been a joiner. Yeah. And not not knocking that on anyone. That's you know, in everyone's life life choices and styles, what they want to do. But sitting here going, Well, if I'd kept being a joiner, I'd have been a joiner for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I wouldn't have got to do any of the things I've got up on my vision board behind me. I've got some big places I want to go and see, do cars I want to have, houses I would like to own. Yep that I never had of it was just a normal joiner. Yeah. So I'm quite fortunate and lucky that the shit things did happen because it's kind of changed me. Yeah. Um, but for the better, not for the worse, because a lot of my a lot of people around me said, well, Jesus, you should kind of be somewhat depressed in the shit that happened. But I don't know. It's just kind of, I didn't kind of get to that point. I just kind of sat there and went, well, fuck it. If that's the worst that's happened, let's kind of go on and see what else is out there. Yeah, 100%, mate. And I think... Based on I mean, where you are now, I'm I'm sure like your your younger self would be, you know, excited about the future if they, if they were looking if you still look at you now and where you are. And funnily enough, when we first discussed about the old joining thing and stuff like that, I was the same. Not to the nature in which you went through or nothing like that. I just that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a joiner, but it was mainly because obviously the way in which we think, obviously, it's just through our Bible programming, of course. So that was like my dad's thing. It was like get a trade and then you'll have jobs for life. Yeah. That was like his whole model. Exactly. And I was like obviously that's the way in which that was programmed to think. And then when I met my close mate Scott, which I'm sure I'm sure I've covered in one of the other episodes, but when he started to give me an insight on how he thought, I started to question why he thought so differently to me, which then led me to very much where I am today. But I was I went through a, a numerous interviews. Uh, I actually had a guy come in my stream, funnily enough, Declan, that I used to play Destiny with back when I was 16, 17. And I remember I messaged him, and I was like, not, I wasn't begging him, but I was like, mate, because he was a joiner, I was like, please tell me you could help me in some sort of way, get a joining apprenticeship or something I could help you with, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, mate, you don't want to be a joiner. And I was like, but you're doing it and he was like i know but like the the hours are nuts uh i'm up at you know five yeah. i'm i'm at a, a job at six and all that kind of stuff and i was like mate i'd do it like, i'd do it and he was like mate i'm telling you like, i'm telling you like if, yeah. if anything comes up i'll give you a shout but i'm, I'm telling you you don't, you don't really want this and i was like at the time i was still my mum and she was like well at least you've asked and at that time my mum was working as well so she hadn't had started her business either so she was kind of like she was still in her mindset of an employee as well that she didn't really know any she didn't know any better um which is why one of the reasons why i'm built by yen and i made it open to aspiring entrepreneurs as well because people just don't know any better they don't know they can be a business owner and i think yeah. you can surely agree with this as well that I, I mean in terms of this last year or so it's the most creative creative i've ever been the most it's probably the most fulfilled i've ever felt as well 
and when you're doing something you're building something yourself you're steering the ship yes you're liable for all risks but you're also you you get all the rewards bro and uh, there's nothing more rewarding mate for example meeting yourself mate when you're the, the one of the first meetings i had with blair by the way he told me they didn't want to join why in and he didn't want to be a part of it and i remember i was like i was like why and he was like i've just got such a wide network of property people have access to you know multi-millionaires in property like my network is perfect like pretty much uh and then we came to the realization that it wasn't so perfect per se um and yeah. since then mate, we've pretty much worked together i mean we spoke pretty much every day mate for like the last yeah. five months mate it's been it's been nuts mate it's, you've you've helped me with pretty much yeah. everything to do with yn mate um which i'm very thankful for no it's uh, my pleasure it's i can see it's it's going places and i enjoy doing it and get to meet wonderful people like yourself and every other young entrepreneur and the experienced entrepreneurs that i never got to meet through property yep. that like you said i thought my network was pretty good but you know I've come to the realization that it can always be better mm-hmm. and even just a little you know startup group you know where it leads to is, you know you never know so that's it mate bang on yeah you, you never know and that's uh, the whole aspect probably from paula that i learned mate to be fair that even if someone you know they could be in a completely different field they could be a competitor they could be it doesn't really matter mate but it's all down to who they know and it's not just them as an individual yeah. as well man and when you've got such a big sphere like anything is possible mate um and it, it just kind of brings out the best mate so if i was to ask you what's one area that is outside your profession right now that you'd like to get into let's talk about property mate but like what would be something juicy that you'd love to get into i haven't really thought about that to be fair yeah there's something that we're doing at the moment which i don't think i can disclose to you know like the wider audience that is completely out of property Mm -hmm. and the returns on that and the opportunities seem to make property look small yeah and we never thought that so we're progressing with that more and we're having more phone calls and looking through a proposal from the, that business opportunity but in terms of that i haven't really thought about anything out with property because it's got such a wide vary of different strategies it's not just buy and sell and rent out obviously yeah. you can rent to sa which you know pillow do you know they're the service accommodation market from the staycation has just gone absolutely crazy yeah. since we've all been allowed to get out of our houses etc but then there's other commercial commercial conversions you know there's so many different areas that we don't you we can't use at the moment because a we don't have the capital to go in and get the the building and then you know renovate it and b we just don't have the contacts in those kind of fields because we've yeah. got contacts in normal rental normal selling and we've got a few in the service accommodation market, but we don't have that many in commercial. We do our mentor is quite big in commercial, but we're starting to learn more about that. But we don't want to throw ourselves in because we we always got told lose your lose your shirt on the small things. You know, yep. if you lose money on a thirty forty k property, yes, it's bad, but it's not as bad as going and buying a five hundred k commercial building and going, ah shit, I've lost all my money. Yeah, so that's where we started and yes it's taken you know my dad six and a half years and we're now progressing into that but i'm kind of thankful we're not just rushed in because we could have lost everything yeah and without the knowledge you've built up we couldn't have moved in this new house we're in 
and still have our old house for sale. Yeah. So the the possibilities are really endless. But haven't I genuinely haven't thought about anything out with property? Well, I'm I'm, I'm in crypto. I'm yeah. doing that. Um, we've been doing that for a number of years. Um, we missed out on a few a few big ones because the you know obviously the market's so volatile and what we're hearing in the media and from people we know in the market in the industry we kind of right we better get out from at the moment and yep. you know wait for it to go down and come but it kind of it went up and up and up and we we sold out early so you win and lose these so things happen too, too disheartened by it so you know but if we stayed on we made a lot of money but we might have lost our heads with that because you could have gone oh you know that's a lot of money and we'll keep going yeah so you know you can go up and then you can just lose everything so we took money out and we're happy with that. We've reinvested into stuff that's not going anywhere at the moment because I don't know if you know that Elon Elon Musk kind of ruined everything when he <laughs> spoke a few months ago. So Bitcoin, Shiba, you know, everything just went through the floor. But thankfully we bought a few coins at like minimal pennies, not, not even not even a pence. Yeah. So that's a backburner long game and we know that. We we never bought in to have quick profit. Yeah, because I had looked into trading like yourself, you know, forex trading, mm. but there was a lot more work and time and effort than I realized to go into that. That yeah. would take away from progressing with property and making sure that everything we're doing in property is hundred percent what we can do to our best. So, but other than that, it's between crypto, property, and this other business. I don't know. I don't think I can. I'm not probably not allowed to say at the moment, which. Might might annoy some of the viewers and nah, it's fine. But it's good, yeah, uh-huh. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable telling without you know saying too much. Yeah, no, nah, I think um when it comes to like trading and in, in stocks and forex and stuff like that, it's something that people kind of paint it as shit that you you don't on property as well. Like everything's kind of painted as this like you know like sunshine and rainbows and that you can just invest and then just yeah. kick your feet up and then that's it but, but in terms of like yeah. probably meeting like my mom's boyfriend craig obviously he's, he's traded pretty much i think from his late 20s something around about then uh he's around about 50 now and he he's a get rich quick uh, get rich slow kind of guy um it's it's everything's long term all his investments yeah. are long term you're looking at you know 10 15 percent as a win the year you know the, those kind of investments and when i sit with him like the obviously with it being get get rich slow it's it's very low risk uh, and there's no kind of any level of like volatility um to an extent because a lot of the also all this the like the funds for example will be very diverse in stocks or like it'll be you know in all kind of different industries and he was explaining that to me and i thought obviously very smart um of course it is and it's it's just kind of get rich slow kind of kind of gig but for me when i came into forex obviously kind of like everyone that everyone gets scammed to be gonna they get into it they get baited in with this whole you can make x amount blah 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 even though it's not even fathomable like you know oh, okay you can yeah. you can make a thousand percent per month right cool so why is not everyone doing it then like wh- what am i hearing mate yeah. do you know what i mean like um I, everyone kind of gets baited in it in some sort of way but when me and scott started trading and kind of got really really obsessed with it mate there was something about it that just grabbed me man when it was something about predicting a chart mate and tracking and seeing results and seeing progression i think for me it's always been numbers even when i went to the gym mate uh, when it came to like all my compound lists it was always the numbers rising that i was obsessed with it was the same with forex when my 
you know my strike rate was rising when everything was getting better i was just obsessed with it i loved it man but the main thing for me i just didn't have the capital to invest to then see because it is it's, it's not just a invest and kick your feet up it's a 24 7 kind of job like it's a and the rewards are phenomenal of course they are but in terms yeah. of if you want to do it properly because the market's so volatile it's not a yeah it's just it's just, it's just not a kind of invest and then walk away it's just not that at all mate you, yeah. you need to be constantly on the ball with it and for me the whole was no capital man and then that's when i started looking at other avenues like the idea of why you in for ages absolutely ages like it was what's it october 2019 was when i when i had it the kind of light bulb moment i can make this happen i know all the pain points i know what i would want so i'm pretty sure most entrepreneurs would want something similar and that was when things kind of started to change for me as well but also off the back of that nothing changes with forex i've still got all the data that i tracked on my back testing all my live testing it's all there so when i pick it back up because i've done so much tracking and so much groundwork and the foundation already built when i pick it back up mate it's going to be it's going to take me a little bit to get back into swing of things mate but it's not going anywhere the forex market's not going anywhere either so it's something that now i literally just fucking play video games and fucking work with high performers on a daily basis mate it's all nuts it's all absolutely nuts mate i put up a post on linkedin yeah. today for anyone watching as well i do play in tournaments regularly that's kind of the competitive aspect of cod and streaming and stuff like that um and we played a huge tournament last night which was phenomenal and probably the post i put up on linkedin today was all kind of about how competing just makes me feel so alive mate and I think until you go through a rough patch and you go through a shit patch away, maybe you feel like you've got no purpose, you don't feel very fulfilled, that when you go through something where in that moment nothing else matters, you've got so much emotion involved, you're just fucking like, nothing else matters in that moment. When you come out of it, obviously if you lose, for example, we came third last night and after the leaderboards came up and we were, I was fucking livid mate, I was absolutely livid, nothing else mattered in that moment, the fact that we choked, the fact that we never won, even though we secured money, it was just like a, we could have got our names out there, we could have done this, this and this, it was a kind of, I was just raging mate, and when I woke up this morning, I sleep always sorts it for me, well 90% of the time it sorts it, when I woke up I thought, fucking I feel so alive last night. Like, even though I had a banging head, I felt so fucking alive. And I was, like, just so grateful that it happened, mate. I do that. It's the fact that I'd get to do that regularly, mate, when I was just going to, like, you know, I was, I was going to join the apprenticeships and getting turned down and, you know, it, it, nothing really suited me. School, I had nothing either, mate. School, I literally had higher PE, in which I only passed it because I fucking, I was good at football. <laughs> <laughs> to get full marks in my, my one-off performance so that was kind of the only reason i passed yeah. it mate um and everything else mate like to give you a rundown guys i literally done my sixth year i had higher pe refereeing and sports leadership that was my three subjects in, in sixth year like what am i even doing there do you know what i mean like it, it was so ridiculous mate so ridiculous one it was um it was an experience mate that's for sure but outside of your profession there's nothing that entices you now not that I can really think of that haven't no, I just haven't thought about it. We're mm. we're also involved with utility warehouse, that's the utilities company that yep. the company structure, the reward structure is phenomenal. For the past three months, because we've collected I think it's two customers per month, we've been given uh like a food box. So is it last month was 
a Thai Thai dinner for two. This month was uh, American barbecue box. I love that bit. Can't remember the first one. So we have you know three different things that we purely just from get, gathering customers, which makes ourselves a little residual income. It's it by don't by, by all means it's not a lot, but if you really put your time and effort in, you can make your your whole company structure massive and yeah. you get a create a massive passive income. But we're only bolting onto the properties. We're not forcefully trying to push as much because it's not really our main you know goal but we're just getting stuff along the way and to get little gifts like that is is really cool and we've had big box of chocolates and just little gifts that the company just rewards you with but as you get up the ladders the gifts you like the rewards you get access to are pretty phenomenal you can qualify to i think you you can buy at a reduced price you know, some cars like an i8 you get electric scooters you get electric minis there's so many different cool things apart you know attached to that that we're just quite we're happy to be involved with that company and everyone's amazing in it but we only make a small amount of money but it's still on a great asset and business kind of model to have yeah i love all those customer cuddles mate see all that part see as i learn about customer cuddles in general and like why apple have like the the cost or the how much it actually costs to make an iphone is obviously a bare minimum to them you know you're talking no more than a couple hundred but they're selling it for well you know over a grand for example and that high profit margin allows them to give the best customer cuddles in the world and while they're one of the biggest companies in the world and i think when it comes to um i think there was a fact that i learned i think it was probably from one of the masterclass sessions that steve garson i don't know who it was it was speaking at the time but he was talking about how Every Apple store trains their employees for 45 minutes before the store opens every single day. I don't know how true that is, yeah. but if that's the case, that's why the customer service... I, think every that time. I remember being in being that masterclass. Was it, yeah. Who was it? Something The guy Fleming in it? Something, is it Fleming? I thought it was Sinclair. Sinclair, that's it, mate. Yeah, James Sinclair. That's what it was. I always say James... James Sinclair, I always, yeah. I always nearly say James Fleming, mate, because of the guy that fucking... Who created... What did he create? Well, he created something. What was it, mate? Somebody knows somebody let us know in the comments, mate. Or I'll just Google it there. Yeah, but, yeah. I, it, I can't remember. It was... um, was something nuts, mate. I, but, like, James Sinclair, he was, he was telling us about it. Yeah. And it all makes sense, mate, because... It's not people aren't just investing for the product. Um, they're investing for so much more, and I think that's why, when it comes to YN, it's like the I always I'm always trying to just do so much more with it and try and go above and beyond because those customer cuddles and everything that you make happen. Paula has got those customer cuddles on lock, mate. My mum received yeah. two days ago a box that looked like like a Gucci box, mate. The standard of it was like it was like the high performers club. It had a tw- it had a bow on it. Yeah. Opened up the bow, it folded up. It was almost like a magnetic like like hatch on there. Like it, it was nuts, yeah. mate. It was absolutely nuts. And I thought like you're just you're just going above and beyond for your clients, mate. And that's what it's all about, man. So when you're yeah. just working with them, mate, regularly, I maybe mean, you have the welcome packages. Welcome packages, I'm very happy with. But in terms of when that box came through, mate, and Paula's box, I thought fucking, I need to up my game, bro. That is fucking. What am I doing, mate? <laughs> I mean, I was like, and the thing is, people don't do anything for their clients. Well, as soon as they're on board, they obviously, and I don't mean doing with do yeah. anything extra for their clients in terms of like no, added yeah. added value or whatever it may be. Uh, but for me, it was always something. When I had the custom trainers business, for example, with Scott and Emily, we were trying to figure out ways to do anything we could to 
to give people to give our customers like customer cuddles almost like we had little cards inside um we had stickers we had um this like thank you letter with like a i think it was like a voucher on it or something along those lines and our profit margins went high mate they, they weren't at all probably for like a company if it was just one person running it then the profit margin would be high but because we were split between the three the profit margin just wasn't really that much mate so we didn't understand that we were doing all this extra work when in reality we should have been trying to raise our raise our value in the actual product yeah. so that the price can rise so that we can make the customer cuddles to the standard we want to uh, which is a lesson that we learned mate um by the customer cuddle aspect no, that's great mate you tell the fact you tell these warehouse does that's phenomenal mate um yeah they they are i don't think we've been involved in the company like quite like this they had a power up day which was basically a massive training day for the whole company on online yep. and every single um partner that was attending the event you got sent a box you got uh, it's like a coloring pad for your, your kids you got you know uh, crowns to wear you <laughs> yeah. got banners you got flags you got like a heap of stuff that costs a decent amount of money to then ship it to every single partner that qualified to get one yep. it was some stupid like thousand partners that qualified in thousands that qualified and they just sent them a boxes yep. every single one got a box and yep. the, the cost of that you know to a company is massive but they see the benefits in doing it because it makes everyone work harder yeah and makes them appreciate the company more so yeah customer colors are pretty cool yeah 100 percent bro so in terms of i think this is gonna be a question that's gonna be quite juicy for you is for you what is if you could pick two people from either the past or the present to come in and potentially mentor you who would you choose your same mate oh yeah i've got to say the first one's got to be elon musk I think so yeah because of the way he's the way he's just done everything is you know he's he's not liked by a lot of people but people don't realize what he's gone through mm. to get to being one of the richest people in the world yeah and the fact is he just does everything out of the norm yeah and keeps doing it and just keeps defying the, the haters and you know the people that say oh elon's not going to do anything or his, his, his rocket's not going to land like the amount of people that missed the fact that he had a rocket that was effectively remote controlled that landed on its own yeah but because it was elon musk no one liked him yeah and they just skipped over the fact like that is that in itself is just amazing obviously he wasn't I don't know how involved he was in that in terms of the engineering, the designs and everything, but the fact is he's paving the way in space travel, you know, the electric car market is Tesla's got that on lock and yep. just everything he's doing, the fact he's he came from just a normal guy in college. Yeah. And he's now this amazing guy that just is changing the world is pretty cool. And getting coached by him would be would be something special <laughs> Definitely. And to learn why he thinks dif thinks differently to everyone else you know obviously you know myself and yourself and everyone in YN thinks differently to most normal people anyway but he's thinking differently to every other entrepreneur on the planet yeah and why he's doing that that'd be pretty cool to understand how and why he does it and yeah um the second person <laughs> 
Just quick on the Elon, on, on Elon, right? I watched, yeah. I've watched the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon on both episodes. Uh, every episode he's had with Elon, I've watched it and listened to it, I don't know how many times. It's one of my, if I'm yeah. going out my daily walks, it's usually like, I usually put on that podcast or I put on the Naval Navicant podcast. Um, because every time I listen to it, I mean, there's always a, a little golden nugget in there somewhere of how he thinks, and it just yeah. resonates with me in some sort of way. And one of them recently was about. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I spoke to you, it was either you or Andrew I spoke to you about it, but it was about, um, like he was talking about, I can't remember who it was exactly, but the number one rule of this philosopher was to never panic. Just don't panic. And he just started laughing, because yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan said to me, it was like, for example, when the roadster, when the window cracked, when it was meant to be bulletproof, what was your thought process, what did you think? And he was like, well, I just didn't panic, in it? And he was like, how did you not panic though? You've claimed that this roadster is, you know, bulletproof glass, like it, it, a, a bullet cannot go through it. Oh, right, yeah, the Cybertruck. Yeah, is it the Cybertruck? Yeah, yeah, not the roadster, my bad. Yeah, Cybertruck, the, yeah. the roadster's the, the apparently unreleased one, not 60, right. 1.9 seconds. Right, okay, so, okay. Yeah, the, the, the Cybertruck, the weird looking, weird looking Aye, thing. the thing that looks like a sort of game, yeah. mate. Yeah, so when, uh, and yeah. when it, when it cracked, mate, and Joe was like, "Well, like, yeah. why did it happen?" He's like, "Well, that's what we—that's what we just tried to figure out. We tried to figure out what happened. It wasn't a matter of, oh, we claimed that you, you know it's bulletproof and it's now shit the bed and nobody's going to buy it. There's no point yeah. in panicking about stuff like that. We just tried to think, okay, why has it happened? And they—they they realized it was because they were sitting, they were—they were testing it all throughout the day, the the same window as well, all throughout the day. So they were walking yeah. up to it, they were smashing it with sledgehammers, smashing it. I think he was speaking about smashing it with an axe." They were fucking rocketing shit off it, and it was like Elon was like had a, almost like a rule that day for people to just walk up and just hit it, just keep go up and keep hitting it. All and right, it just yeah. so happened that on the one in which was everyone seen, it was broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was broadcasted, and like his whole thought process. And that may just sound, you know, to someone watching it, like, what do, what do you mean by don't panic? Like, how is that something that can resonate with you? But there's so much shit that we just freak out about in life that doesn't really matter, man. Like, you know, we. Yeah. The things that people get very angry, upset over, uh, and using that whole like complex of five to like, you know, will it matter in five minutes? Will it matter in 50 minutes? Will it matter in five hours? Will it matter in five days? All that kind of stuff. That's the kind of questions I ask myself when I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out and I'm like, you know, why why the fuck's this happened to me? Or why 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 did I do this? Or how can I solve this? Or whatever it may be. Even that tournament last night, for example. Oh. At five hours time when I woke up this morning at six, I felt fucking great, mate. Regardless of the fact that we came yeah. third, I felt phenomenal. And it, it's the we get so caught up in our own emotion at times. So for me, when I heard that from Elon, it kind of resonated with me quite well, mate. To be fair. Yeah, well, he actually got more sales out of that, and the um, exposure he got from that was infinitely more than he would ever have gotten yeah. if it had worked. The fact that it failed. And the whole world was laughing at him in that sense. Yeah. Millions of people were like, I want one of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he got more sales through that and they generated some stupid amount of money. Yeah, it was and, nuts, mate. Have they started rolling out yet? The boy I don't know. I've never I've never seen anything. Nah, neither. Maybe I've just missed something and I don't think I don't think I've ever seen any on the road in like, <laughs> terms of like Instagram or anything yeah. that will show people driving any, but Hopefully they'll be coming out soon because a lot of people spent money on them. So. Yeah, I know it nuts, mate. I they generally like the game, mate. Out of the game, man. It, yeah, it's 
I first looked at him and the fuck's that like but <laughs> I suppose you know you got to be unique and Elon's Elon's pretty much the king for being unique mm. in that sense so why not make it something stupidly looking and show the world what you can do in terms of technology yeah 100% mate and I think in terms of so if we, if we think about the second mentor since he's from the present is there anyone from the past that you think would be a phenomenal mentor in the past. I've got mine already, bro. I've had my I've had my two for since since the question came up. I think, I think I, I've had it since I asked Andrew. It, I think I think I asked Andrew. Similar question. Okay. Right. Matu's got to be. <laughs> Matu's got to be, bro. Matt, it's got to be Kobe Bryant. His mentality, mamma mentality, work ethic, brother. He would yeah. he would fucking. Pff, what an absolute pleasure it would be to work with him, bro. On a, on a real mate. Um, yeah. and obviously it's sad how like it's the it was in one of the songs the is it like the remorse when you check someone out in it it's the remorse that makes you check someone out after they pass I don't really know much about Kobe Bryant I always see him everywhere in terms of social media and stuff like that but I never looked into him until he passed and looked at his mama mentality and all that kind of stuff and it was something that when I the pessimist the optimist series I'm doing on Instagram that one of the videos I watched every single day was the Kobe Bryant Mamba Mentality Motivation video and it's about 11 minutes long and I was sick of it on every morning mate and literally it would just set me up differently mate and that's how I went those 250 days without a day off and that's how I like I, even though I did run myself into the ground it was like it, like, it was I just didn't like I think when you look at someone like, for example, like Le- LeBron James, I seen a statistic the other day that he spends over one point five million on his on his body a year annually to yeah. to look after himself so that he can work as hard as what he was as as hard as he is. Yeah. And in terms of like me, for example, I was working those two hundred and fifty days. I wasn't looking after myself at all. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing any exercise. I wasn't. Um, I was barely even getting my daily reading in. I was I was literally just working myself into the ground, yeah. mate. And it's obviously they're doing it to a level that's obviously above and beyond. Uh, but they're also getting the treatment that's above and beyond to make sure that they don't run themselves into the ground. Uh, and that's some things that we that we forget, mate. So for Kobe Bryant from the past, bro, and then I think present, it's got to be it's got to be Gary V. I think, mate. Gary V. Right. Gary V. Or yeah. uh, Elon would be fun, mate. I think. I think. I think but Elon. I'd. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love Elon as a, as a. But to be different from yourself, I think Gary V's outlook on happiness yeah. and life, and it's just so different to kind of anyone, anyone else that's out there, mate. That's uh, in the public eye. Um, and obviously, I'm extremely grateful. Paul is already my mentor, so or my coach. So I, I can't say Paula. Yeah. Um, but Paula Wingate's yeah. literally. She's she's phenomenal, mate. And there's no doubt in my mind that. As the thing goes on, the amount of life she's going to change, the influential minds is going to get to a level that going to be proud to be a part of it, mate. Um, that's a shadow of a doubt, mate. So, yeah, that's kind of got to be my two, three, without a doubt. You've, you've made me start thinking about people and, you know, worth ethics and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to say Rocky. Rocky? Hmm. How much determination can you can one have yeah. to win, and still keep going? Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's more I can say about it. That's yeah. you know, the his his complete whole outlook on life and 
you know, his goal was to win. Yeah. And did he stop? He never stopped. He just always wanted to get to that point where he won. And if he didn't win, he'd keep going. Yeah. So I I'd say I'd say Rocky for my my past. That's nuts, mate. I actually don't expect you to say that, mate, at all. I think it's probably because I've not it's not that I've not watched any of them. I've never been like a big movie guy, mate, to be fair. But in terms of yeah. I, I probably I watched them when I was younger, absolutely. Uh I, recently though I did watch like Creed. And obviously like Rocky plays a part in that or whatever it may be, but like Creed was obviously a phenomenal movie. Um probably something I need. I think it's like old movies, just I don't know, mate, it's a weird one. I was having this conversation with my mum the other day because my granda used to watch old every time I used to come in, mate, he'd have an old movie on. Like old an old western, for example. And I'd be like, Why are you watching that? He's like, yeah. ah, I love it, I love it. And I was like, This stuff just hogs me out, man. Like the thought of like how the times were back then. I don't know what it is, mate. I think it's because everything I do, like even like looking at myself now, mate, two PCs, two monitors are both connected up. Technology's at the forefront. Like I just love all this shit, mate. So the thought of going back to then yeah. where there was nothing, mate, it almost like freaks me out, I think, mate. Freaks me out a bit. It's a bit nuts, to be fair. I think it'd be quite, you know, fun because we've got such a so accustomed to all yeah. the things we have, like your mm. PC, you know, the internet. And, you know, back then you were at life with no internet, you know, you didn't have, you know, you could drop someone a text within point millisecond, it's at their phone and they can reply to you. Yeah. You know, you go and phone someone, you do a phone box, you had to <laughs> mail them stuff if you wanted to like, speak to them, you know, I think yeah. that's pretty cool, you know, because obviously, yes, I'm very grateful that I've, I've grown up in this era with the fact that, you know, technology has played a massive part in everything we do now, but... Yeah. It's just something different, you know. It would be a unique experience to go back and see how how the world was, and you know, we've come a long way. And it just, I think it'd be, it's quite interesting because I, I, I quite enjoy Star Wars. I know it's not that old, <laughs> yeah. but the original ones, the and you, you see some of the like this the FX they do. It's all you would think that's awful in today's FX, yeah. but it's still the one of the greatest, you know film series of all time basically and yeah i'd i'd like to go back to an an older time and just experience it for a while yeah i'm gonna think about the westerns mate it's like my grand would be sitting watching it and be like two guys the wild west this the scene (laughs) would cut and it's like now that fucking little thing i think it's like what is it it's like all the wee mini tree branches are like rolling together it looks like that's it mate and it's like that's running by the guy's like holding his like revolver pocket and they're like getting ready to shoot each other then one wins and my granddad's sitting there loving it mate and i'm yeah. like i was like fucking hell bro what it like this is just it's crazy how how the times have evolved mate and i think when i watched yeah. i think probably the series that i realized because like all the se- all the tv series we watched for example like we forget that they're just like acting sometimes but like not sometimes they're acting all the time but we forget sometimes yeah. that it's just acting mate like see suits for example yeah like Harvey Specter, mate. I was like that. Donny is like ins- almost like inspirational. Like to me when I was watching it, when I, I think I watched Suits when I was like fucking what eighteen, and I just I love Suits, mate. It was yeah. so funny to watch, mate. I just or nineteen, I must have been. Um, but when I was watching it, it was like Harvey Specter and like all all the characters in it, mate. I was like they are fucking class, mate. I binged it in like two weeks, mate. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. And I I thought of doing that now. I, I genuinely don't have the time to do anything like that now. 
like yeah. in whatsoever yeah. uh, and it's funny because i was having this conversation with i think it was ryan you when i had a meeting with him he was uh speaking about how he went out uh when things were going back well, things are relatively normal it wasn't too long ago uh, he went out and had a few drinks and he was like hung over for like a couple of days after it i can afford to have fucking like two days hung over bro I, I, or even a full day hung over I'd, I'd be fucked yeah. mate there's no way nuts absolutely nuts um yeah. so if i was to ask you what is the if you could wake up one morning right and you just completely adopted a brand new skill but you're an expert at it what would it be Ooh. I mean, I, I instantly top from top of off the top of my head, mate. I'm thinking, you know, be a, you'd be a bit better in the game inside of things. I think it would be one of the one of the. One of the <laughs> you you knock, you knock in my game. It's a bit, it's a bit. Nah, mate. You seen me on Rainbow Six, bro? I'm not on it, mate. Give me, give me a, you give me a couple of weeks on Six each, mate. On Rainbow, I'd be alright. But I, call, I call, Rainbow's a lot different to most games, but no. the skill these are some juicy questions, mate. You're making me think about these. Should have had some pre plans so I could have some some sort of <laughs> thought in my head. Do I know my answer? Go on then. I think it's gotta be being bilingual, mate. Like just just having a like if that if that's like because like when I sit and speak about like one of the questions was um that me and Scott and stuff used to ask each other was what is if you could adopt three skills right now what, what and you'd be you are a master of them instantly what would they be yeah. and the answer on all of ours on all of our top threes was to be bilingual in terms of every single language not every single language but multiple languages uh at the one time i think scott's funnily enough this is when we we're much younger but scott's was always you know being a master of the stock market i was always his like because it just yeah. Once you're a you know a master in in quotations, you're you're literally like, you know, you're almost like untouchable uh, in some nature. So I'm trying to think of any other answers we used to have. Uh, I I think but I mean I used to like like the thought of like being able to like play the guitar and stuff like that, being a master of like of like a, an instrument. But I don't think that wouldn't really excite me now. I think you know, we just pick up a guitar and just start. Ashnut a wee banger. That's a weird one. I, maybe it's not my most topical, but but I'd like to be absolutely good at golf mm-hmm. because I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> I'm fucking awful. I am. <laughs> I am probably one of the golf play, worst golfers ever out there. Yeah. Uh, I went to the driving range with my mate. We used to go quite often, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I'll, I'll take my clubs. You know, we'll go." So I don't know. So I always went with his clubs, and I started getting into it more. I was like, "Oh well, I might as well buy my own set because." I'm feared that I'm going to break his set and he's yeah. got an expensive driver. So I was like, right, I'll buy my own set. So I went on eBay, 30 odd quid, and I got a, a whole set of golf clubs. The only one I didn't have was a driver. Yeah. So I was like, right, f- we went down. The first time was christening my new set. We're hitting goals. And he's like, right, take your three wood and just absolutely smash it. So I did. Well, the, the club head went further than my ball did down the driving range <laughs> and I broke my club. So I so put two shots in. And I broke my club, and I can hit it, but I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I'll just, I can hit the ball, but I'm, I'm just pure guesswork of where the ball's actually going to land. Yeah. So I think I'd like I'd like to be good at golf because it's it's at, it's quite good because once you get older and once you you know yeah it's stereotypical for the rich because you you know go have a business meeting on the golf course. Yeah. But 
I think with the the people that I've met, I'd actually like to just go and learn about them whilst playing golf because it's not like a five minute exercise. Yeah. You know, you're out there for a couple hours in the golf course on a nice peaceful morning. I think that'd be class. You know, yeah. just to be able to actually hit the ball, know where it's going, but then still have a chat with the guys as you're going around and just enjoy life. Yeah, no, that's a good take on it, mate. I think like that's what um. Funny because in the the subtle art of not giving a fuck, that's what Mark Manson speaks about in terms of like, like when as we get older, we focus on the things that like are true, immediate, and important. Of course, um, and to a lot of males, it basically is like implying that everyone's golf swing is a true, immediate, and important. And a lot of people spend a lot of time obsessing over something like that, and because that matters yeah. to somebody. Uh, to the point where they, you know, they they get some fun and enjoyment out of it, then that does make it true, immediate, and important because they love what they're doing. Uh, I have the same conversation with Rory quite regularly because Rory loves golf, mate. He's he's got a golf yeah. coach and all that kind of stuff, and he he, he loves it, mate. But for okay. me, golf something that because Scott goes and Scott and Jamie go to the driving range and stuff every now and again, but it's probably not something that. And I know why because when I was younger, mate, I got smacked in the mouth for a golf club when I went to play golf. Uh, and that's probably oh, where my, PT- my PTSD comes from. Um, but for anyone, maybe a wee bit of a trigger warning if you're a bit, if you're a bit um, like blood and that kind of freaks you a wee bit, maybe mute for like a wee second. But I literally went to, we used to go to, there used to be like this really like wide grass area. I wonder what it's like now to be fair. I might actually go down and visit it, but it used to be near my house. You're talking like... Even if you're, it almost looked like a golf course, mate. The actual how wide the grassy like patch was, it was fucking huge. Maybe it's just because uh, I was younger, it seemed bigger. But um, we used to go down there. The these are a couple of the lads that were much older than me that I used to play football with. I think I was about ten or eleven at the time. Now the lads I used to play football and stuff with were like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So it became like a, almost like a craze for them to go down and play golf. So I was like, yeah, I'll come, blah blah blah. And he was like teaching me almost like how to play and like what to do and that kind of thing. Um, and I'll never forget, mate. The guy was like, he was like, you better stand back. So I took a step back, and as I took a step back, he took a step back as well. So I was actually the same distance away from them. And he swung the golf club, mate, came right round, smacked me in the mouth, mate. My tooth went right through my lip. And I had to go, I had to get <laughs> taken to the hospital and get butterfly stitches. And that. I remember my brother, my, my older, like, half brother, was fucking raging, mate. He was trying to scrap this, he was trying to scrap the young guy that done it to me and all that. And I was like, he didn't mean it, like, it was my fault. Like, I was fucking, I was too close uh, to him, of course. Like, he obviously didn't mean it. Uh, and I, went, I had to go to fucking uh, A&E and all that, man. It was all fucked, mate. It was, aye. Uh, it's, no, that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> it's probably why I don't like golf for it. That's probably why it doesn't excite me I, whenever I, people I, speak I could be it. a, yeah, could be a... Could be um, a factor. A subconscious, you know, in the, in that fuck golf mate it's yeah. happening again i know i think so mate so and in, in terms of like when we've been working together mate i think the reason why we've we've got along so well uh, we're both very logical in the terms of like how we look at uh solutions and so on and so forth but i think we have a very common thought process in terms of like the question i was going to ask you is like what would you what would be what would be your one tip to make the world a better place with someone that was watching just now One tip. I think I'm going to have to start so prompting people, mate, before they come on the podcast. Yeah, I, was, I, was really, I, would, I might need a wee prompt in it if there's another <laughs> session. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a, 
Oh, it's a, it's a very thought like, like, one. It's like that question I asked when I, we were on one of the YN networking sessions when I asked about the if you could put anything on a 300 feet wide billboard and have it in the middle of the, uh, what is it, Central, yeah. Central Square, whatever it is, um, yeah. what would it be? And it can't be your business, it's the only rule. So that's kind of the same because you're looking to send a message to everyone. Uh, almost like, and I think uh, it was funny because Rory, Rory texted me after it and he was like, do you want to know my answer? And I was like, aye, go for it. And I think it was something along the lines of like, um, people's lives aren't what they seem to be. Something about being kind along those lines. And basically, he was basically implying that social yeah. media paints, obviously, social media paints, the uh, everyone puts up like their best parts of life, not their worst parts, of course. So for me, my answer yeah. was always just be kind, mate. Always. Definitely. Oh, no, abs- absolutely, yeah. yeah. I-, I was going to say, don't prejudge. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that... I'm I'm quite judgmental in my mind. Like, I don't express it a lot, but I'm like my dad, me and my dad, you know, we'll, we judge someone before we, we meet them, but we never say it to them. You know, we never... Obviously, we've got something in our, our minds, and we think, right, well, this person's like this, so this person's like that, but... We never actually express it out loud because, you know, you never know till you speak to someone. Mm. And the amount of people we've misjudged that we've met through property, we thought, oh, this guy's up his own arse or, you know, what's this guy doing? And yeah, if you learn about them, it makes you sit back and go, what the fuck have you thought about that for, mate? You know, yeah. why are you being such an arse? Just mm-hmm. take a seat back and, you know, just respect people because... You never know through what someone's been through, what someone's going through, until you speak to them and see why they've done the certain things they've done. Yeah. So, I think prejudging ruins a lot of people, and you know, just gives that negative vibe around meeting new people. For yeah. some people, it's yeah. I think that's it's uh if the were you know no one prejudged, everyone was just open minded things would progress a lot better and people would just, you know, get on with each other easier. Yeah, it would be a much better place, isn't it? I think in terms of, um, yeah. probably something I don't do anymore, is prejudge, just because it's one of the main reasons I started YN was because when I went to, when I was much younger and I was I was at these networking meetings, it was almost like in my own head, I believe people were prejudging me, but then the way in which people were speaking to me, kind of did seem like they were just kind of speaking down to me and just assuming that I had nothing to bring to the table. They were just assuming that I had, there was, I had nothing important to say uh, because I didn't have the experience or I didn't make it happen or whatever it may be. Um, but for me, it was... Aye. It's probably why I don't do it any, anymore, mate. Or Because when you're growing up, it's obviously like schools are worse for it, mate. People are fucking... The popularity contest people are bitching yeah. all every day people are arguing every day it's because you're in an environment that's you're forced to bring you're forced to mingle with people that aren't your kind of people that aren't like you um and everyone's everyone's completely different um but in terms of how we're brought up it, it's probably something that uh, as you get older like most of the time your friends become a lesser number than what they already were um and as soon as I left school, mate, it was pretty much me, Scott, and Jamie would go out pretty much regularly. I had close mates that were maybe outside of that three, um, like Jack and Reese and stuff like that. that I spent time with that they just weren't, um, they just weren't in my my close knit circle as such. But they were good friends of mine, people that I could trust. But I think that's something that yeah. probably just comes with the territory of school, mate. I mean, our school, I think we had what two hundred and fifty odd people in our year. 
So it's probably okay. like quite quite a lot of people that you're you're forced to interact with that maybe you're not isn't your kind of person. Um in your environment, yeah. mate, is one one of the main reasons I built YN, mate, is because I, I believe so much in our environment and how our environment can play such a big part in yeah. our future and what we can obtain. So yeah, mate, it's a very good tip, mate. Be judging, fuck it. Sack it. Get it to fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. So in terms of if I was to look down the list, this one's probably quite funny to be fair. What is the stupidest thing you've ever spent your money on? A swagway. A swagway? <laughs> what is a swagway again? Is that that thing? So, you know, you know the segways with handles? Yeah. This is one without the handle. Oh. The hoverboard. Is yeah. there other name for them? Right. I bought I bought myself one of them with the money I earned for a whole summer at the farm. Yeah. I went, you know what? I want one of them. <laughs> and, I, and I bought it. <laughs> it was about 350 quid. Oh, and man. I used it not that often. And... Yeah. I sold it a couple of years later, but yeah, I bought a Swagway. I loved it. It was great fun. Uh, my dad tried it and fucked his arm for about three months, so Oofed. that didn't go well. But uh, no, I loved it. I, I I got pretty good on it, but it was pretty stupid to buy. There was three hundred fifty quid or something like that, and it was just like. Yeah. I got about five minutes enjoying with it before I got bored of it. So. <laughs> I feel like how quick you how quick you answered that, mate. That was almost like I've been playing in your mind for years, mate. And that question just feel brought it back. Because <laughs> whenever I asked I, Dwayne, I never really thought about it before, but it's I it's it's a stupid purchase because oh, yeah. everything else I've bought I use more than once or I use more often than that, you know. Yep. Yes, I've, I've spent some money on my Lego behind me, but I do enjoy my Lego. You know, I like the sets, like building it. It's very good. I opened the box, I used it a couple of times, and it's kind of sat and on, on charge for the rest of his life. It's proper fucking lazy as well, the Swagways, mate. I think that was the first, that was my first thought. I thought, fucking hell, bro, you're not getting any steps in, mate. You're just, you're hovering about everywhere, mate. You're not even, you're not doing anything, mate. It was, you know, the the core, you, you had to have some strength to keep yourself there because. Yep. If you didn't focus, other you know, you obviously go forward, backwards. But if you didn't focus on what you're doing, you're off the thing, or you're you're spinning in circles. Yeah. So I, I didn't enjoy it, but it was a stupid purchase. Like, <laughs> uh, I've actually never heard that was too much of a genuine answer, mate. Most of the answers that uh, I've seen from this sort of question, I think Dwayne was speaking with designer clothes. Uh, I can't remember if I asked Andrew, mate. To be fair, but. I never asked anyone it, or any of the podcasts that I watched previously of anyone asking it. It was mainly just like you know things like cars, designer clothes in America. It was like bottle yeah. service, so that kind of part. Uh, but saying that, so it was that was too much. That was too. I was too honest, mate. Almost that was like came straight for this all. If you were to think about what was kind of kind of similar to all the the question about in regards to the mentors, but who said the greatest influence on you? so far in your life? Probably my dad. Yeah, I thought so. Got to be. How come though? How's he impacted because... you? Well, he's always been quite strict with things, you know, in terms of me spending my money on things and obviously I bought my swag and that, but before that, when I was younger, I got pocket money, I did chores around the house, I cut the grass, and it got to the point where I was just, you know, went to the shop each week and spent my, my two or three quid on a shitty comic and a little toy or something, and it was ruined. And he started implementing that 
took half of it and I saved it each week. Yeah. So I came I came to the end of a, a couple of months or my birthday came up and I added that into the, the, the bank that he kept for me. I had a, maybe 50, 60, 100 quid that I could go buy something bigger and better that I would use and I have more enjoyment and actually have more than five minutes worth of using it for. Yeah. And it's just that you kind of roll that mindset into me. Mm. And from a young age, it always got to that point that I would always save half or, you know, or save all of it some weeks because I thought, well, what's the point of getting a comic this week? You know, I've still got the one from last week or whatever. And he's just always ingrained that in me. And it's it's kind of changed, you know, shaped my money mindset a lot. Yeah. Because when I got to the point when I was working on the farm and... You know, my parents have helped me a lot. You know, a lot when they buy my clothes, etc. When I was younger, but it got to the point where I wanted, you know, bigger things. You know, I wanted football boots that cost a hundred quid or something. They were like, "Well, we're not paying for that. Yeah. You know, you're going to earn that. And if you want to pay for things, you've got to go and get a job. So simple as, you know, you know, we're not spoon feeding you for the rest of your life. So my mom always thought it was quite harsh. She was like, "No, you can't. Be, you can't do that to him. You know, he's our only son." You know, my dad was like, "That, you know, he needs to learn." So yeah. And I'm very thankful for that because it has made me think about money and think about things I'm buying. And I was obviously worked at the farm. I worked there five or six summers, earned some really good money. And I'd saved a lot of it because I was able, by the time I was 17, I was able to buy my car insurance lessons and put money down towards my car. Yeah. And I never thought that was possible. Yep. you know before you know i thought well, well i'm not going to get all this money i need for my car my lessons and all that but because the the mindset of keeping the money and saving it and i actually enjoyed watching my savings account grow yeah which was probably the best thing and once it hit over that grand i got the comma in my bank account i was just like oh, i'm balling it <laughs> i'm absolutely balling now i've got a comma in my bank account like this is i've made it yeah and then obviously i had to give it all away to the insurance company and the lessons etc but I was like, I've got a comma in my bank account. This is this is class. Yeah. So it's just that mindset of seeing it grow, seeing it happen. And he's taken me in the profit business. He, The only reason we're where we are today in terms of the training that we did, he, he dragged me effectively to Edinburgh last March to go to a property seminar. It was a two-day event to just learn about property. And he just wanted me to hear from someone else about property because obviously we get on so well but it is dad says this dad says that why the hell's dad saying yeah. that oh piss off i'm not gonna listen to you today yeah and there is still some of that we, we do get on we do bicker and stuff we do tell each other <laughs> fuck off but we get on <laughs> yeah. five minutes later we're fine so that, that's just that's just life and this yeah. is you know the relationship we have but he wanted me to learn from someone else we went down um by we start i think it started about half eight nine o'clock and by ten o'clock i was sitting there going holy shit the it is i don't know it was just something i think it was just someone different staying and speaking you know yeah. to the room rather than dad just telling me you know we're doing this because and yes he always explained it but it was just that different i don't know it was just something different in the room and then by five o'clock i'm saying right well my he now uses my catchphrase um we can't afford not to yeah and we couldn't actually afford to to pay for the training at that point. We yeah. genuinely didn't have enough money sitting on um anything that we could use to pay for the training because it wasn't cheap. Yeah, and we're open about the fact that I had to ask my grandparents for money because they always said they would give me help in what I wanted to do in business yeah. and etc. 
and they've been very very thankful i paid the money all back we we paid it all back within a few months because we knew that the training would get us to the point where we could make the money yeah but we just didn't have it sitting yeah and it's been one of the best investments i've ever made it has honestly changed you know my network for for starting your network is your net worth yeah. and holy shit the network's gone mad you mm. know the the people we've met the, the mentors we have are just phenomenal and the business strategies we've been able to learn have just been just out of the world and yeah. i'm helping people at 20 get their own houses yeah while still making money ah, it's yeah um it's got me my dad for the most for that for that question yeah. he's, he's just helped me through everything and just been the most influential person on me yeah i love that man all that and i think like when it comes to how we not necessarily not necessarily how we come across but i think how we operate on a day-to-day basis is reflective of, of obviously who we spend the most time with and for me for example like my mum's been the person i've spent probably the most time with over the last x amount of years um and probably just seen her grow as well mate uh, and the person that she's became today builds me with a level of fulfillment as well um and i think that i see a lot of that probably in your relationship with your dad to be fair mate uh, and alex some boy that's for sure mate alex is some boy um but it kind of got, got me thinking though because a lot of people watching this like as a proper investor would you like to explain to them what you actually do yeah, yeah. um we we go to view houses that are basically shit tips as we call them the ones you, you'd like to wipe your feet on the way out of viewing yeah because that's where you make the most money because you own you 99% of the time you make your money when you buy so you want to buy really below market you want to buy you know as low as you can because that's when you spend the refurb money on it you value up and it's it's now worth a heap more money than it ever was going to be if you bought it at a higher price so yeah it's that's basically what we do is we buy houses like that we do them up and we rent them out um we had five rented we had well, yeah, with five before I joined the, you know, the business, well, joined the mastermind program we signed on to last March. Yeah. And we'd only just done rentals. We'd flipped two properties. So flipping means selling them. So we bought them to spend more money than a normal buy to let because we spec'd it to be a really high, nicely presented property. Not that our properties aren't nice. This is above and beyond. This yeah. one had oak skirtings, it had a 10K kitchen. You know, Ed, just everything, the wow factor, you wanted to walk in and go, buy me this house. You know, I want yep. this house. This is where I want to stay. So there's nothing needs done. I just walk in and move in. So we've done that. And then since the training, we completed 13 deals in 13 months where it was rent to buy, where we help people buy their own house effectively. Yep. So like a standard rental, they pay extra per month on top, which goes in a savings pot that we hold for them which becomes over the term their 10% deposit to buy that house in seven to 10 years. And we've completed 13 of them in 13 months. And that's kind of what we're doing at the moment. We're looking for more commercial stuff mm-hmm. and just stuff are busy. Yeah. That's, that's nuts, mate. I think that whole rent to buy aspect and like taking the, the extra on top and putting that in a, a saving pot for them and so on and so forth. I think that's something that, Probably ninety nine percent of people listening to this wouldn't even knew that existed, mate. Or that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and you're basically allowing people to buy their dream house without, you know, 
uh, yeah. having a having actual funds there to to pay the pause or whatever yeah. it may be, mate. Um, but if you could sum up in sixty seconds, I know the property that we done on the property workshop, for example, the the flip that you done that made you the most money, that the in and out, um, yeah. flip that you spoke about. If you could sum that up in sixty seconds, what happened with that property? I know he's made so much money. Right, yeah, it was. It was funny enough. It was the house right next door to my grandparents, and the couple had lived there for I don't know how many years. The property hadn't been renovated since about nineteen fifty, so everything was dated. It literally, we ripped the whole house apart. We remodeled the living room and the dining room, so it was just one door effectively between the two of them. We moved that to sliding glass doors to open up, made the whole open plan but you can shut it at the same time yeah we ripped the garden apart we put new grass down everywhere we put a brand new fence up and it got you know chrome towel rails that weren't normal ones they were quite different just not not a standard kind of horizontal they were fancy ones with a fancy kitchen it was a a neff appliance kitchen which is probably one of the best you know uh, brands you can buy appliances so I think there was about three or four k just worth of appliances in that kitchen. The whole kitchen was about ten or eleven grand. Yep. Um, we fitted brand new windows and doors throughout, inside and outside. So we had, I think it was nine or ten window exterior windows, and three doors. We renovated the garage, the new garage door. Um, oak that one at oak curtains and facings, and that cost a lot of money, but yep. it gave it the extra wow factor we got that staged as well at the end to show people what it was like so you walked in it was almost like a show home there was furniture everywhere you, you know the table was set you could see what your living was going to be like with some sofas and tv in it you know your bedroom had a bed in it and you just made that whole you know experience much better for a viewer that they had the whole package rather than you walk into a blank canvas and a lot of people can't visualize what their furniture would look like or yeah. how they could plan the room out so to get it staged we spent a, you know a couple grand on that but it was well worth it because we actually got it sold three times within the same month but the first two fell through and finally we got the, the last one sold and it was completed love that mate love that that's a bit longer than 60 seconds mate but it fucking yeah uh, it's a bit of a... <laughs> it definitely works mate and i think in, in general like when i sit and i speak to you about this kind of stuff mate it does it inspires me and when i wanted you to take that property workshop for anyone listening I took a property workshop about two months ago now um, and basically gave yeah, us uh, it's kind of the beginnings of like uh, kind of like a beginner style property workshop to give you an understanding of um, assets and liabilities and you know what in terms of we were speaking a lot about money uh, and in terms of like what is class as good debt and bad debt and it was stuff that I learned about when I was studying accountancy mate and it was your takes on a lot of them were phenomenal um and it was very different to even my takes for me to with me studying accountancy you still had very different takes on me because everything in terms of money or lending uh, and good debt in your eyes is the lowest cost and the 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 lowest cost of lending is what your class is a good debt so for example when i said to you what about student loan you said to me that that was a good debt and I was blown away by that because I was like, fucking there's so much loan debt. People definitely don't use that in a good way. So how is it a good debt? And I don't understand that. So I know for a lot of people listening, they're probably sitting there thinking the exact same. So would you like to explain it to them? So I'll cut back right. on it just now. Okay. 
So, for anyone that's watching at the moment, uh, you're probably curious to why it just cut out and then we came back in and we're just, it's a different, like, you know, a different framing what's happening. Uh, but I had to take a quick phone call, so I had to dip away for two minutes. Uh, but the point in which we ended on, or at least it was kind of what we were speaking about at that time, was basically about student loan debt uh, and how it's a good debt and not and not a bad debt. And for a lot of people listening to this, a lot, a lot of students will be listening to this thinking like, well, I'm in debt, like, 40-odd grand or whatever because... I've been to uni for X amount of years and so on and so forth, uh, and now I need to pay it back. How and what way is it good debt? Is I think undoubtedly the cheapest borrowing you can get. The interest rate on that is, I think, between one and two percent. It is, you know, that's better than a personal mortgage. And yep. the fact that a lot of people don't understand that, they think, "Oh, great, I'm getting money. I'm gonna go to the pub with my money." Or I can you know get some shoes for the money and the only person i know that's used that to good use is andrew yeah and he's told me he's put money towards um his help to buy mortgage he's put that into his pot for his mortgage pot he's also put some into stocks that will go up yeah and has put that into investments that will go up so he's taken the money yes he's he's still got to pay it back but you only have to pay it back once you hit a certain threshold of earnings and that's you know a few years down the line because not a lot of people will hit that threshold within the first five to ten years after leaving uni, depending on what industry they go into. So, yeah. And but if they, you can structure it in a way that you you don't really have to pay it back, if you can be efficient in how you declare your earnings through different you know strategies and companies, and obviously I don't have any student loans, but if I was, I would have you know taken a student loan and put a deposit for a mortgage and let it give me a cash flow and yep. effectively pay off the the what i'm getting per month and i'm sitting with profit and yep. it's it's probably one of the coolest things you can do with a student loan because a lot of people i know they just go to the pub yep. and they just waste their money and they go oh i'm in debt like you said you know all people going oh, i'm in debt well don't fucking waste it <laughs> be smart people, with people it people just know, use it to live off it yeah you know, yeah. obviously, if you don't have a job and, you know, that is your earnings, it's obviously a lot harder to get into the frame of mindset that you need to use it for your better use. But if you have, you know, a part-time job where that's giving you that income you need and your student loan is purely just to have extra on top that you can actually live without, why not invest it and make it work yeah. better for you rather than you working for it? I think the thought process behind it probably for a lot of students that do spend it is that they're almost, even though they're getting education, they are almost like working for it. So they're almost treated like they're getting paid a wage uh, to be yeah. you know, an education. And obviously, the way in which people look at things, it's obviously the way in which we're, uh, our parents thought about money and our, their attitude towards money, which then led us to where we were at that time. And I know for a fact that. Yeah. When I got my student loan, for example, when I was studying accountancy, like, my mum didn't know. Mum mum probably only found out when you done that property workshop, like, about the, the because it was such low interest borrowing, that it was, you know, yeah. phenomenal in a way. Um, and, and that was probably what changed her yeah. mindset. So it's the kind of way, it's like, you, you, can't, you can't change what you don't know. And if you don't know any better, then yeah. then there's there's not much you can do about it apart from go out and seek the information. But if you don't even know that information's out there either, it's like the kind of trap that we're all in. Yeah, 
it's a it's a kind yeah. of we do have the information here though there's an abundance an abundance of information an abundance of access to millionaires billionaires we you know gary v posts 37 pieces of content every single day you know if you want to go and you want to study someone that's successful the guy's posting more than a fucking no more than enough more than enough to, yeah. to learn his tendencies and what he does on a regular basis and so on and so forth man so it's the kind of we're getting to that stage where i don't want to say there's no excuse for it to not be taking control of your life in a way um yeah it's more there's a there's an abundance of access and i know you can feel like you're trapped and you can feel like you have no choice and uh, when i'm going to these universities and i'm going to be speaking at them what the what i'm going to be tapping into is the fact that everyone believes their age is an obstacle when it comes to starting a business or going into investments or whatever it may be they always believe that their age is an obstacle. If they're too young, they believe they've not got enough experience. If they're middle-aged, they believe that, you know, oh, I've got a mortgage to pay, I've got this to do, I've got that to do, so I can't, or I've got kids, or whatever it may be, I can't take the risk of, of starting one business having no income. And then you get a bit older, and I look at for my mum when she started her business when she was 47. People that say 47 will believe, you know, I'm going to be retiring in like 10 to 15 years, why would I start my own business? Um, yeah. And it's and it's it's the everyone believes their ages are off school because they're conditioned to believe that their ages are off school. They're conditioned to believe that business is high risk. That the percentage of businesses that thrive and do well is very little. When in fact the numbers are actually increasing nowadays. Um, yeah. Much much far better far better chance of surviving surviving and thriving nowadays. Um, in business, yeah. and I think it's all kind of thanks to the information era and the internet and so on and so forth um there's so many yeah. opportunities out there man so many opportunities mate absolutely bonkers man um it's just about yeah, it's, that opportunist um yeah it's just about wanting to better yourself because you know saying oh, i want to be rich on i want to have a lamborghini or i want to have the newest phone or whatever you want yeah it's never gonna get you anywhere you know wanting something like that you know it's back to just everything it's what's your why you know why are you doing it and for a lot of people you know in middle age like you're saying you know it's for their kids you know a lot of them are doing it for their kids and if you're younger you think well i don't have kids you know why am i doing this and for me it's freedom i want that freedom of choice that i would have never have got without a joiner or if i stuck to the school's way of thinking you know You've got to go to uni, you've got to get a job, you've got to stay in that job, you've got to pay off your mortgage. Paying off your mortgage is the fucking worst thing you can do. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, that is one of the worst things because you, you're putting money in the hole that you're never getting back. Why Why not use the money somewhere else? But that's another... Do I, do I explain that a little bit more? Maybe you, can, you can explain it in a few minutes. That's probably just looking at the time. Um, I could do, yes. So, well, you know, what we do for, you know, what we have is we have mortgage debt where we rent the property out, we get cash flow effectively because you rent it out for £500 a month, your mortgage, let's say, costs 100 quid, so you're left with 400 quid. But you also got other little things to come off, so let's say you're cash flowing at £300, so that's £300 we're getting per month. Yeah. And we're still servicing the mortgage, we're paying, we're paying the mortgage, and that what gives us money. So when you've got your own personal mortgage, it's slightly different because you're not getting anything to service that your wage is servicing that yeah. but paying extra to 
pay it down is bad because you're throwing all the money into the house that you're tying up. You've not lost it, but you're tying up. So when you come to sell it, you know, you'll get the money back. But it's the fact that it's sit there doing nothing for you and it's trapped. You know, you yeah. can't take, you know, can't use that money and go, right, well, if I save all the money that I'd be paying extra into my mortgage to pay it down, I can go and put a mortgage down to buy a house that I can rent out, which will service that mortgage and effectively service my own mortgage. Yeah. So it's using the just don't pay it off. It's only once you get to the point where you've got enough cash flow, et cetera, and you have a couple properties throughout your portfolio that have got no borrowing on, like no mortgage, yeah. which you can use for quick lending. You know, so if you need to, you can go and throw a mortgage on it for half the value, or you can, you know, you can uh, bridge from that property to this property and use the capital sitting there. But until such time, just stop paying your mortgage off because that's what they are, you know, everyone says, oh, pay off your mortgage. It's fucking shit. I hate people that tell you <laughs> pay off your mortgage. It just, it, it infuriates me. I think the thing that helped me understand it was, um, like, if I gave you a hundred grand, for example, and I was like, you know, oh, yeah. buy, buy, nice, buy, yeah. buy me a property, for example. Buy me a property, pay it outright. Then when I have that property, you know, it's generating my cash flow and so on and so forth. And you're all yeah. like that. You turned around to me and said to me, why the fuck would you buy a 100k profit when you could, and pay it all off when you could just be, you could put four deposits on four different properties that are all generating your cash flow for, to then pay the mortgage yeah. off, which then by the end of all the mortgages, you're sitting with four assets that are generating your cash. Was the way in which you made yeah. me look at it. Um, so instead, instead of making your one two hundred quid cash flow from your hundred k, making twelve hundred quid. Yep. And at that time, because the mortgage is so low, it's getting paid off, and you're getting money on top of it. Yeah. It's nuts. Yep. It's nuts, mate. The honestly, bro, the world is just full of opportunities, mate. Full of opportunities. It's bonkers, mate. Absolutely. It's um. Aye, it's been a belter though, mate. I think we're sitting about around 20 minutes and we probably had maybe like a few minutes of okay. break in there, so that sounds to me yeah. like a juicy podcast, mate. So for everyone that's listening, what is next for Blair Collie? What is on the, what's going to be happening in the future? What's happening in the future? Yeah. Um, we have a project at the moment which we bought a couple of months ago that hasn't been refurbed, it's the way to get refurbed and sold. Um, we're in the process. My dad's actually on a call with our private investigator we've got to find out and track down the owners of a property. I know who owns it because I've got the title deeds for that property, but I can't access any of their information. I can't find them anywhere. Yeah. So we have paid a private investigator to go and track <laughs> that down some people. Bonkers. That so some it sounds pretty crazy, but if you think about it, it's a strategy that we never thought of that is amazing because yeah. we pay him a small in, in our eyes a small fee mm-hmm. to do so much legwork so much digging he's got access to police systems he's got access to you know it, de- databases and places we can't get to they do yeah. public domain and he's got friends that if he can't access it he can get his friends to go and look for him and it is really really cool and the fact is if we'd known about this earlier we could have had a lot more properties bought because we chased for so long and just got to a dead end Yep. But with this guy now, we set him on the case. He's given us an update, but my dad's on the call at the moment. So hopefully by the time I go and speak to him later on, that we've got somewhere and we can go and put an offer in and hopefully at the house. Yep. He's also going to try and hopefully get us some money back from properties that people stopped paying the rent on and just didn't give us any money. So 
there's a way you know you can chase for the money which would be good yep. um we're we're potentially well we are we're investing with our one of our mentors we're putting money into the development site so there'll be a property refurbed and two new builds built and we're helping in with that and we're going to be at the forefront of that obviously i spoke about the big development yeah the business opportunity on in this early in the podcast that's happening hopefully fingers crossed we can strike a deal with that and the figures are stupid it's ridiculous return on our investment and it will be our foot in the door because we can know so much about the industry but it's the people that get you into it and i use this phrase a lot it's not what you know it's who you know and without that knowledge of people you don't really get anywhere so this guy will hopefully be our foot in the door and get us into this part of the out with property so like you said you know do have any other out with property this is out with property completely but um other than that um we want to buy a lot in Creef and Perthshire. We're looking towards, we have a few properties we're eyeing up that we need to go and get Doug, our private investigator, to go and have a look at yep. and see if you can track down any the owners, etc. And just buy more property because we just love doing it and it makes us money. 100% run. And I think uh, probably an area that I thought we were going to touch on today, but we're just not had the time to, is... And we'll lead this into the, the next episode of the podcast when the time comes and we record a second one, if people want it. And is that you want to be retired by the time you're 25. You're 20 at the moment. So yeah. with all the tasks and stuff that you've got planned at the moment, are you on track to meet that target? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With this new business venture that's come about, it could be that could be shortened even more. Yeah. Even more because I'd set myself a goal of 30 about last June and one of my mentors said, well, that's unachievable. I looked at him kind of confused and he said, because you'll hit it way before then. Yeah. So I, when I say, when you say you're tired, I mean, in my sense, I mean, time and financially free. So I've got, a, have set myself a goal of how much I want per month to cash flow. Yeah. And that will give me the flexibility that, if I want to go and spend a month abroad, you know, doing whatever I want, you know, I would like, there's a lot of things on my vision board, like skydiving in Dubai, I want to go to the Maldives. And with the being retired, I'll be able to do that. And I'll be able to live life how I want to. So work now and benefit later on, because I've seen a lot of my mates that go to uni that are living their life, as they say, you know, going out most weekends, you know, having parties, you know, doing whatever they do but they're going to be in a dead-end job. That's where I see it. Yeah. And they'll get to 40 and go, oh, I don't really want to go travelling or I can't afford to go travelling because I've tied up myself in all this debt and I've wasted all my, my younger years. And I'm thinking, well, why not use my younger years to my advantage and live how see I up your future. Exactly. Bang on, mate. So Bang on. that is the big goal. That is, that is the, the massive goal of my life, but... I know it can happen and uh, no one can tell me it can't so fucking love that mate what a fucking good note to, to end it on mate um, thank you all for listening if you haven't liked comment subscribed I don't know what you're doing to be fair um, and this is going to be going live on Spotify as well moving forward Spotify applications went through we just need to upload the episodes to there so this will be one of the episodes that will be going up on there as well so if you're listening on there I do appreciate it 
Um, and we'll catch you on the next episode, guys. Thank you all much for listening. Thank you for the opportunity to come in here, John. Love that, Blair, mate. Love that. Catch you on a bit, guys. <laughs>